This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey guys, it's Lane with the Simple Passive Casual Podcast. Please go to the website and get signed up. Today, I have Jason Yarusi. How's it going, Jason? Uh, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me. We are both podcasters. And uh, your podcast is the RA Foundation, correct? Yeah, the REI Foundation, uh, it's with myself and uh, my lovely wife, Peely, who, who, who makes the show actually happen. I just sit there and uh, try not to stumble on my words, as you can imagine. Yeah, so we're doing the, uh, the same path. We came from a little bit different place. <laughs> but uh, it seems like uh, I wanted to get you on the line and tell your story a little bit. We'll start off with the first question that we asked everybody here, just to get a sense of where you're at. How much simple passive cash flow are you making today and how you're doing it? We've tried a number of different avenues, and uh, and as we've grown in our business, we've found that larger multifamily investing is the direction we, we want to go to. So we actually sold off all of our smaller properties, minus we have uh, a couple beach rentals that we're doing for Airbnb uh, that we, we still have, just for the anticipation that we wanted to go larger for the economies of scale. Uh, so for that, we've had in our mind that you know we took, we took a hit on just the income we had coming in monthly, but the bigger picture in mind was to go larger where we could grasp pretty quickly on, on regaining what we had and, and, and grow that exponentially. So right now we have, I think it's about 6,800 a month coming in passive income. So take us back to where you started. Yeah, we born and raised in constru- family construction business. And uh, of course, my, my dad always liked to take things to the next level. So started as um, way back in the day, he had a, a large framing crew and he just saw that, of course, that was a pretty easy entry point. And he was getting a lot of requests for, for oddly uh, new supports in housing or foundation supports or correcting uh, foundations and even moving buildings. And so about 40 so years ago, we, uh, my father jumped into the house lifting and, and building moving aspect. So that was, that was my first hands-on approach of working with houses when I was growing up. And for that, it's just, it was always very involved work, very, very you know, every day, long days, you, it, you have to do it till you get done. There's no, there's no easy day in there. And I just said, man, there has to be another way that we can bring in income and not be beating ourselves to the end of the day of just getting to the end of the day. And that's where we started talking about real estate and, and we took some steps into slowly finding out more, looking on sites like bigger pockets that really are aggregators for all kinds of data and, and all kinds of information about investing. And from that brought a property and used the house to the advantage for adding square foot, square footage, but used that to actually um, help us getting to flipping. And that was the first start. And then we moved into uh, some smaller rentals that have been predominantly out of state and from there continued our flipping business here in New Jersey and grew that into saying, well, man, these rentals are actually working out pretty darn well. What if we could replicate this on a larger scale? And that's where we took the leap to jump into large apartment building investing. So a lot of people will contact me and they'll be like, well, I don't have that $25,000 to do a turnkey rental or a rental anywhere, in -hmm. fact. And um, I guess you you came in from the the uh, you know actually doing the work and flipping the house. A lot of people, even though they are engineers or you know lawyers, they have this itch to buy a property and do some value add to it and 
And uh, what was your thoughts back then when you were just starting out? Did you have the, the financial liquidity to go out and acquire a home just off the bat or did you need hard lending? You know, I, I, I've done a bunch of different things because as you grow into it and um, I had some cash put aside through, through other businesses and a business I had sold and uh, just other things I had been doing. So we, we actually did the first one in cash and that was, it was, I learned quickly after that doing a couple more of that route that leverage was a friend of ours and to, to basically go out there and do cash for everything. It, it can leave you pretty tight and dry in a lot of different ways. So as we've progressed, I've done, I, I I've done private money. I've done uh, hard money. I, I've done traditional uh, loans where they've worked out and bridge loans when it's into some of these um, transitional properties and just found at least more of the debt that now will work for the property instead of finding a uh, property and assuming that uh, and thinking first what debt would be on it, if that makes sense. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing, right? Like you can't really Correct. get the hard money lending at the low teens costs of money until you have a track record, but you don't really know what you're doing until you have a track record. Yeah. And so, and that's well said, of course, and there's ways that you can combat that. And I was lucky enough to have the experience on on my side with my family members for the construction business. And that, that gave us, gave us a leg up, but there's so many partners out there and I've partnered with great people moving into larger apartment buildings and people have said it better than I, but you, you generally have a couple things you can bring to the mix. You can either bring your knowledge, you can bring your time, you can bring your money, or you can bring your credit and you can bring all these things to your partnership where maybe you don't have the money, but you have all the time in the world or you, you've learned all the knowledge that you can attribute to the pro- a project. Then you team up with someone who maybe has no time at all, but has a ton of cash sitting aside that wants to get into a project. So it, it, it may say it sound daunting, but there's a lot of people out there that, that, that want to do this that are just missing one of those elements. And you could be that, that fit to it just to make something go forward. Right, yeah, because I see a lot of these guys with this huge uh, stockpile in their 401k and they can just change into a solo 401k. And then like you're saying, just go and grab someone who's done it a couple of times and bring them on as a partner and give up part Correct. of the deal. Correct. And they, they'd be happy to have you because if they're, they may be so busy doing their flips if they're in their business every day where they're not able to, to generate those leads. So if you're able to get out there and find leads for them and bring them the leads and maybe they can you can combo just by you providing leads and them having the resources. It was a good path for you moving forward. Like you said, you had the experience and then you had the, uh, the liquidity saved up so you can, you didn't really have to get lending right off the bat. So, yeah. And so again, like one way to do it. And I look back and like, man, you know, I put a lot of cash out there and just had sitting out in this project and okay, cool. I, you know, I, I just took the step and I just felt, you know, failed forward quick and if I look back, I would have done it differently because I could have possibly done other projects during that time along with this project if I didn't have so much capital tied into it. So does that lead into the uh, worst life slash business moment? I mean, you're always having them, right? If you're, if you're not, in, you don't have to take, you know, uneducated risks, but you're going to take, take business risks. And for that, uh, man, there, there's some good ones. I, I, most recently we, uh, we brought a house, it was a hoarder house and 
it was so dense inside and so many things. He had Christmas lights running the lights from upstairs all the way down. It was a block uh, structure. That was probably the only reason it hadn't burned down. And I was assuming one room that was off in the distance was actually a, a full bathroom on the first floor. And, and I got up into the house and when we got it all together, I missed completely that there was no bathroom on that floor. And that added to my rental budget, which was already pretty substantial for the, uh, for the CapEx on the, on the, on the house to, uh, to just jump into there. So that that's most recent, which goes on. And you just have to look at these moments and say they're learning experiences and just push through it. Anything in like the very beginning that went wrong that, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, you've built systems and, you know that these things are going to come, but I mean, I can imagine when you're putting all that money down in your first flip that, um, you know, there were, there were probably some rocky thoughts, you know, thoughts rolling into your mind that maybe I shouldn't have done this or maybe I should just do be a lender. You know, the, the, the biggest thing for that was, I'll say this, was not making a quick decision. And for us, we we sat in that first property where it could have been a you know four to five month turn. We made it like a seven to so I forget what it was like a seven to nine month turn, just for the simple fact that we kept going on that oh do we wait and try and get it get it through a subdivision or maybe we should add a level to it or maybe we should just uh, fix it up for a rental or maybe if we knock it down a new construction we wasted so much time with our capital just basically stuck in a project and that decision time when people start doing projects will, will just absolutely destroy you if you're if you're not quick on the decision and moving forward because whatever path we took, we already lost all that time of holding costs and, and, you know, utilities, taxes, everything else that's basically been chewed up for that project while we were sitting there just trying to, trying to serve the best use with the property. Take me down this process of you, you got good at this. How many projects did you do and how much time elapsed until you realized that to go into the multifamilies? So we've been doing this, Really, it's about the last three and a half years. And so it, I learned pretty quickly I wanted to move into larger because flipping is good and we still do it today, but it, it's it's just basically a job that you have to keep keep replicating. Now, that it, it's fun. It can bring you a lot of cash flow. And our projects generally are much larger projects. Our timelines are, we find our niche is is adding value within adding square footage or adding some some element to a property to bring more value because the cost to build here is cheaper than the, the resale cost that we have in, in our towns. And usually our medium prices, um, depending across the, the towns we're in right now, is anywhere from 550000 up to the low millions. So that's been our target to really add square footage and capitalize on that resale price. Was it a certain point I got this much saved up and you know, did we did you double your money or something like that? That you started to think about the bigger and you know different projects. We started thinking about it, and I just really went out there and tried to learn everything I could about investing in larger apartment buildings. Because you think about it, like, okay, I've I've brought a duplex, I've brought a you know a, a triplex, but here I am, I'm going to buy 100 units. Well, no, that's that's not possible. How could I possibly do something like that? And it really became real when I started meeting people and talking to more people and just seeing, you know, everyday people doing this because they put a process and put steps in, in, in place to be able to accomplish this. So I took the time to really educate myself probably over the, I mean, 
I'd have to say at least over a year of just educating myself before I even took some of those initial steps. And one of those things that stood out is I have a, a really good friend who grew up with, went to high school with, and he's worked in commercial real estate for 14 years. And we were just hanging out, having a barbecue at his house. And I was just talking to him about what I was doing and that I just wanted to move in a larger apartment building. So he was like, I have been thinking the same thing. And that just started both of us being having our mindset and our blinders on and just going full speed ahead about building out, building that out, learning all the steps, putting together the team, focusing on the markets. And from there, meeting people in the market, transitioning into offering on properties, and then finally getting an offer accepted. Did you have a, a partner? Because I guess we, I haven't really talked about on this podcast too much, but there's a whole world of key principles, Fannie Mae experience, Fannie Mae cars, or whatever you call it. Um, I mean, I've learned that a lot, big thing is having that experience to guide you through it. Did you, did you have anybody guiding you guys along the way to pick up that hundred unit? Yeah. What I did is I, I went out there and found mentors. I wanted to find people who were actively doing this because sure, possibly I could find out how to do this and maybe, you know, two, three years down the road, I, I could find out how to, how to get into a large apartment building, but why not this, why not see other people having this success and how can I replicate their process and put it together in my market? And that, so I went out there and found mentors and that that's something that you can find this in all different spots. You can find this, you know, there's, bunch of people online talking about what they're doing. There's people in other markets talking about what they're doing. There's people locally who I guarantee you there's people that are right under your nose that are actually out there buying large apartment buildings. You can go to RIAs. There's all kinds of people. And that what it, what it took for me to find these mentors is I just had to start talking about what I wanted to do and what I was looking to do. And that brought out this whole new level of, of getting into larger apartment investing. The thing I, I see people doing that is a big uh, problem, I think, in their approach is, you know, they, they go up to these guys and they just ask them to partner with them and they don't lead with the value. With you starting off, what was kind of your pit? How were you going to help the team? I, I was open to do anything because at some point I didn't even know what the steps were. So I was open to really reach out there and learn a market that, that they hadn't ventured into yet and learn why that market may be serviceable or not. And then also for there, meet different people. Because you, if you're investing out of state, one of the most important things is not only know your market, make sure you have you know the right metrics, but also have the team there. So when you do get into a property, you're set up with whether it's third-party management or, or your maintenance guys or anything that you need locally. You've already made those connections. You're not behind the eight ball trying to find those team members when due diligence is ticking away. Not being one of the big boys investing quite yet, aka the accredited investor in the eyes of the SEC, it's tough to find good options for investing. But then I started investing in the American Homeowner Preservation Fund, or AHP Fund, which is crowdfunding the mortgage crisis in America. The fund collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when they approached me to become an advertiser of the company. You can start investing with as little as 100 bucks, and if you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email to lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. Now that you're, uh, you've got your foot in the door, which is probably the hardest part of the multifamily thing, is like, what's your simple passive cash flow that you're, you're heading off to now? What's well, the next goal? Where am I trying to get to? Yeah. My goal is $100,000 per month of passive cash flow. And it's going to take quite a lot of property, and but it's going to be an aggressive buying strategy. And uh, but for that, we are going to be patient. So I want to buy, but I'm not going to go outside my numbers. And that's 
one of the most important things that we go for here because we syndicate on our deals, meaning we pull resources from other investors to be able to buy larger apartment buildings and, and really just, just all capitalize on the economies of scale. And for that, I want to make sure that when I'm taking on or bringing in other people's investments that we're putting in all the due diligence and all the necessary, all the necessary pre-work. So their money, of course, nothing in life is ever guaranteed, but we've done everything we can to make this the best possible investment for them because we've run all the numbers to the tightest spot. We're not trying to cheat any of these numbers to make them work. And when we're looking at numbers from sellers, we're looking at their actual numbers. We don't care what the pro, the pro forma numbers are, uh, say. We don't care about what they possibly could do. We don't care about you know, what, what rent, uh, rent capture could be accomplished. We want to know how are they operating in the property, and that's how we offer those properties. Right. You buy off actuals. Correct. Correct. And you There's buy no- with the, the value add component. The 100 grand there a month, what does 100 grand get you that 50 grand a month doesn't? You know what? I put that number out there and ideally I'm sure I had 50,000. I'd be happy with that. But you get, you put a number out there and, and it's something where I'm going to chip away at it. And it's, it's a larger number. And for this, the, the immediate, the immediate goal right here is to get to 500 units. Something that you recently thought about burning your cash on for time savings or improvement of quality of life. Uh, personally or for, for the business? I guess both. I mean, one helps you in the other, right? We, after closing on the 94 unit, um, we actually just got an LI accepted on another property. We, we've had a lot of deals come across uh, our desk. And so that's exciting. But we also don't want to have the shiny object syndrome and just jumping the stuff that we don't want to fully fully uh, understand or don't fully understand, especially some, some of these markets as markets start to really tighten up as, as it is right now. So we brought on basically an analyst and the analyst that we have a couple different ways that we can pay them out in the deal and keep them in the deal and, and, and help them with the cause. But we're hoping they can at least use our framework to give us that first step, whether the property is worth looking into further. Something you've changed your mind on recently or in the last few years. Oh, if my wife was here, she would give you everything. I I try not to flip flop too much, but I flip flop a lot, and I and I, I I pivot quickly, and and uh, I've learned that that that's just massively important. You, you you have to try and keep your focus, but if the focus is maybe offset, I I I think quickly to the, to where we're marketing for our single family homes right now. It's gotten very aggressive in that area, so I can either just because it's worked prior, just you know put my head down and just fight forward in there, or just completely pivot pivot to a, a different area. That time that you waste thinking about other options really can kill you. Tony Robbins identifies two large concepts that we're continually showing to gain perfection at. The first is the art of fulfillment, and the second is the science of achievement. So Jason, if you are no longer around tomorrow or next week and we're to email this in the future to your kids who'd actually listen to you at that time, first, what's your secret hack to the science of achievement? Any habits or morning rituals? I've started a couple of years ago, probably about a year and a half ago to, to get up early and meditate. And I'm probably successful about doing that about 65 to 70% of the week and running. And I find with all the different things going on, this allows me to at least start the day on a similar footprint. 
because the day can, especially with all the technology in front of us and Facebook or you know, all these other marketing platforms, you can get crushed with your day from the second you get up. And I, I found if I could just take a couple moments for myself to at least give my mindset that moment of clarity before the day just goes crazy, it's, it's really allowed me to transform my thoughts and my behaviors. It's a little easier on the East Coast there. I know when I'm working up in Hawaii, most people are pretty much done with their day and, my, and have filled my inbox up with emails. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, of course, as we spoke about, my wife's from Hawaii, so we can go to visit her family. The plus and minus, I try and get up at like 2 or 2.30 to, to knock out work as it's going actively here. But by the time it gets to uh, 11 o'clock in, uh, in Hawaiian time, I have no one bothering me for the rest of the day out on the East Coast, <laughs> which, is, which is usually pretty great. So I get a whole day of just, uh, just calm. So what is your secret to hack to the art fulfillment that you guys contribute back? It's got to be focused and it's something I, I, I fill out constantly, but if you can focus on where you want to be and focus wholeheartedly on, on, on where you want to get to, I, I guarantee you'll get there. But it's all these things that come across our, our board and all these things that pop up on our phone and all these thing, phone calls and all, all these text messages and all these different things that can take you off of, off of your moment of where you're actually going that, that disrupt a lot of people from actually getting to your goals. But the people I see around me that, that are successful, they focused on, on where they want to be and, and they're getting there, where they've gotten there. All right, Jason, anything we miss? Um... Let me get your contact information out there and maybe uh, tell people where you're focusing on finding your deals. Finding deals? I, I actually, uh, I'll give a little hack on that. I, I had, we, we started a meetup here in New Jersey and, and we've been trying everything because to find off-market deals because the broker deals coming across right now, that they're, they're so looked over that, that it's just been so aggressive and the numbers haven't worked. Somebody said, well, have you called people out of the newspaper that might be just uh, landlords? And I was like, that's a great idea. So I actually looked for classifieds in one of the markets that we were uh, that we look in and found an address. I called this guy and I called the guy up and said, "Hey, uh, Mr. Owner, I, I see you're looking to rent this apartment. I'm not currently interested in renting, but I just wanted to see if you had ever thought about selling." He's like, "Yep." I was like, "You have." wow, <laughs> that actually worked. So I've been actually negotiating with the guy back and forth. He has 23 units, um, two different buildings and 11 and 12 over text message for the last two and a half weeks on a, on a deal that I found off a classified ad. And those are the best guys to buy from, right? Because those are the guys who have the under market rents and they meticulously take care of every single part of the property just so you can buy it. Like That's that. correct. Yeah. Amazing. Right. But just something like that, I was like, man, I can't believe that worked, but that was a great little hack that if you're just saying, I can't find deals and you're just looking online, well, pick up the phone, call people because people are probably tired of, especially if you're an owner of a property and you're having a hard time renting it, maybe you just had an eviction and you get that call from, from one of the, one of your listeners is saying, Hey, listen, I, you know, I want to buy your property. They're, they're probably going to exhale and say, Oh, I hadn't even thought about selling because I've been so worried about everything going on. But yeah, I do want to sell. What's your uh, email or, or URL you want to give out? Sure. Yeah. Anybody can reach out for me at uh, Jason at Yarusi, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings.com. Uh, you also check us out at the REI Foundation podcast with uh, Peely and myself. And I really appreciate you uh, having me on today. It's been great. All right. Well, appreciate Jason. And uh Make sure you guys tell your friends about the podcast because when you guys are having all the simple passive cash flow and having lunch in the middle of the day by yourself, 
you're gonna be kicking yourself that you didn't bring people along with you. So talk to you guys later. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.